Welcome back, creeps. I'm Morgan. And I'm B. And this is the Creepy Collective. Thank you so much for coming back and being spooky with us. Yes. As always, Happy we Halloween. appreciate it. Happy Halloween. So today we have some really exciting guests. We are joined by Oren and Carrie from the Skullcrawlers Movie Club. Welcome what up? Thanks for having <laughs> us. Thank you so yeah, much for having us. There, of course. Yes. Yes. That you're here with us. So it's going to be great. Got just some questions for you guys. So first, I just want to know about the Skullcrawlers Movie Club. Who are you guys? What do you do? How did you get started? Just tell us all the things. Uh, well, we got started in, what was it, Carrie? 2016 was the first yeah. show we did? 2016, yeah. 2016, uh, Carrie had hit me up wanting to make a Sasquatch found footage horror movie. And I was like, down, <laughs> let's do it. Because I was doing nothing at the time. So, okay. yeah, that was our first project. Um, it's really bad. It's on the internet. <laughs> you can find it. So, well, we're not going to tell you where it's at. So, yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's there. You can find it if, you, if you're really curious. Yeah. Oh, we'll find it. But before Our that, project was really bad too. It's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's a rite of passage. But before yeah. that, exactly. Orin and I, we went to school together pretty much our whole lives since elementary school. And we were like sort of friends all through school, mainly like mortal enemies. Um, <laughs> Frenemies. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we always wore the same like cool shirts from Hot Topic. And I was like, wow, yeah. this guy's just going to walk around wearing the same <laughs> uh, Tropic Thunder shirt as me. so whatever yeah so we we were enemies and then you know we were so much alike that we became friends and then now we now we make movies together so i love that yeah so what kind of movies do you make do you stick to horror or do you branch out with any other genres mainly horror 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 comedy comedy yeah okay cool awesome We'd like to Where branch can... out and do some action stuff, but Ooh. you know, later on the road. Yeah, we're yeah. still trying to figure out how to do anything. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, where can the people find your movies if they would like to watch? You can find us on YouTube by just searching for the Skullcrawlers Movie Club, or if you want a handy dandy link, you can search for bit.ly/slash/theskullcrawlers. Perfect. We'll link it in the notes for the episode as well. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I've got a few questions for you guys, if that is all right. Dude, keep it coming. So my first question, I would like to know who your favorite horror monster or villain is and why. Warren, you go first. Oh, you put it on the spot. Um, (laughs) uh, I really like I, he's kind of a bad guy and problematic HP Lovecraft, but I really like Cthulhu and just like the idea of like cosmic horror. Okay. Yeah. So, I love that. And, yeah. Either that or uh, werewolves. Werewolves are spooky too. I like werewolves. Hey, stole okay. mine. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a big werewolf guy myself. Uh, yeah, okay. werewolves, the wolfman. Yeah, those are those are cool ones for me. But I just love the classic monsters. Like I love the mummy movies. And yeah. mummies are just, you know, super scary. Um, yeah. vampires are really cool too. And yeah, uh, they're like right. if I think about it too much, like vampires are one of my biggest fears. Like the idea of like somebody like biting down on my neck <laughs> and like oh man, it just ugh, I hate it so much. Yeah. 
I definitely get that. So yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit. You guys both went with monsters and my favorite is a villain. And it kind of leads mm. me into my next question, actually. So my favorite is Art the Clown from the Terrifier series. Oh, very nice. Oh, okay. And I would like to know if you all have seen the Terrifier series. And if so, if you have any thoughts. I have not, but I heard great things about it. Uh, okay, so it is the by far the gnarliest movie I have ever seen, both of them. Really? And yes, it is incredible. Art the Clown is the most just demented ruthless horror villain that i have ever seen and he is so just unsettling and the actor that plays him is incredible he's a mime so he doesn't have any like words but he is terrifying is he like supernatural in any way or is he just a bad um, guy yeah so in the first one it it kind of seemed like he was maybe just a bad guy but the second one really explores um his like supernatural kind of demonic almost element. And so I think it's really interesting, but I have never seen any kills like what I saw in these movies and the best part. And what I think you all will appreciate is that it is all practical effects. Yeah. yeah, That's the whole thing about this series is it's an independent horror (laughs) film. They wanted to make it just as gnarly as possible with practical effects. And I love special effects. So you should definitely check it out. And uh, if you ever talk about it on your pod, I would love to do that. <laughs> Ooh, for sure. I, right, uh, I got a follow-up question to that. Okay. Have you seen this headline about the second one, people leaving the theater, vomiting and all that? Yes. Is there any truth of that? Okay. So I have. And naturally, I went and saw it in theaters by myself um, like mm. a week ago. And it was... So we did have some people leave the theater in the middle. Nice. I don't think... Yeah, because it was it was pretty gross. There were some parts that were <laughs> that were a lot. Um, yeah. but I I loved it, and we definitely had some people leave. There was a cop like stationed outside of the movie theater in case anything wow. went down. But yeah, I definitely wow. understand the headlines, and I understand how people who are not um, horror fans and don't appreciate the art of practical effects, I understand mm-hmm. how it could be too much for them. Okay. Yeah, so definitely That's recommend. all I needed to hear to hear how hardcore the street credit has right now. So yeah, I'll and definitely it's, check those movies out. It just surpassed like three point nine million or something in the box office, so it's doing it incredibly well. Oh, wow. Yeah, and if you do see it, all I have to say is stick around for after the credits because it's really really cool, and you get some more behind the scenes stuff and some more information. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm more like a Weenie Hut Junior horror guy. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, maybe not about, this. I've heard about how <laughs> like gnarly. I've heard about how gnarly those are, and I'm like, I'm good. No. You know, yeah. I watch Halloween ends, and I'm like, yeah, that's my kind of horror. You know, okay. I had a good okay. time. So, but yeah, like the the gory for the sake of being gory is not really my thing, but I do love the crap out of practical effects. Okay. For sure. So. Terrifier is definitely one that is gory for the sake of being gory. They wanted That's to see how far they could push the envelope, and they definitely did that. Yeah. <laughs> and there are some parts where the the plot may not um, it may not make the most sense, but the kills are cool and it's it's effective. <laughs> so awesome! Definitely recommend it. Um, yeah. On that same kind of note, I would like to know what each of your favorite horror movie is. 
And if you prefer like slashers or, you know, more paranormal, psychological, what's your, what's your vibe? Uh, I'll go first on this one. Um, so I can't really give you just like one because okay. my favorite just, it changes constantly, but I can give you some of my most influential ones that I always okay. go back to when I, when I write or when I'm trying to be creative. Um, so I guess starting from like the oldest and then working forward. Um, okay. So we've already, we screened this on one of our movie nights. I really like the blob from 1988. <laughs> okay. The movie yeah. freaking rocks. Um, it, the special effects. Great. Yeah. Special effects were done by Tony Gardner of Alterian effects. And they're just unbelievable. Like you watch them today and you still like, don't know how they did it. It's okay. fascinating. So that's yeah. one of my favorites. It's a fun story. It's super cheesy. Um, and then from the 90s, the faculty from 1998, I think, Lauren, can you confirm? I think it was 96. 96? I don't think it's 96. Scream was 96. Wait, was it? Yeah. 97, though? I think it might have been 97. Either way, that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> that one just left a huge impact on me as a kid. And I just really like that movie. It's a lot of fun. It just oozes cool. Um, okay. Also, yeah, that I think the Halloween movies, like the the fourth one and the fifth one, I watched those a lot as a kid, and they scared the crap out of me, for sure. Um, I really like Dawn of the Dead from two thousand four. Uh, that's one of my favorite movies as a kid, and then a two thousand eleven Attack, uh, Attack the Block. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It's a creature feature alien film, low budget. It rocks. So those would be my favorites. Very influential movies on me. Those are all very solid answers. And I'm definitely adding the ones that I have not seen to my list. So thank you. Sweet action. Yeah, totally. <laughs> all right. And what about you, Oren? Uh, kind of, it changes a lot as well. But I'll yeah. kind of list my influential horror movies. Um, I really like... I really like, like Dread. Like kind of like slow, like unsettling stuff so i like like alien and anything like with a lot of special effects like i really like john carpenter's the thing or hellraiser or uh the blobs anything that has, that has cool special effects like right now i recently watched because it's my favorite nightmare and elm street movie uh nightmare and elm street 3 dream warriors because mm -hmm. it has it's nice. got a lot of great special effects in it and the story's kind of dumb but it's a lot of fun and yeah, just my taste changed a lot. Like I'll I'll call what people call the quote elevated horror. Like I like those, like Hereditary and Midsummer and yes. some of the more recent stuff. Like I one that came out last year or two that came out last year was uh The Night House and The Empty Man. I really like those two. Like okay. those are kind of like sleeper hits. I don't think I've heard of either of those, so definitely adding them to my list. <laughs> yeah, those are really good. Like uh, Nighthouse for sure is like a slow kind of like dread, like you know, allegorical horror story or whatever. Okay. And the Empty Man is just like neat. Like it's hard. I don't think you can watch it right now because when it came out, it like came out came out during COVID. Add hardly a theatrical release, and then when they put it on streamers, it was only on HBO Max, and now I don't think you can find it anywhere, which sucks. You can't oh, get it on demand or anything. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can buy like the digital version of it. That's so weird. But there's, I wonder why, wonder but there's why. like no physical release at all. 
What? Hold on. Yeah. That's rare but, when that happens. Yeah. It's lame. Well, we'll try to find it for sure because I would love to watch it. Okay, so you guys tell us. What are your favorite, most influential yeah. movies? <clears throat> Morgan, do you want to go first or do you want me to take this one? Um. So I... I'm not really into like gory horror movies and stuff like that, but I think that like movies like The Others and The Skeleton Key, like early 2000s, like paranormal movies really mm. got me interested in the paranormal and they make me feel nostalgic when I go back and watch them. And that's really I, cool. They're my favorites. Yeah. I am going to go ahead and say, so I have like a, a top three. And I love them all for different reasons, but um, top favorite is probably, and it's kind of basic, but I don't care, is The Exorcist. Nice. Yes. Oh, yeah. I just love, I mean, the pea soup vomit, the spinning <laughs> head. Have you guys, have you guys talked about uh, the exorcism of Annalise Michelle yet? That's it. No, no, we have not, but I would love to. But you're familiar yes. with the story? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That story is so messed up. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. seen The Exorcist in so long, but like hearing the recordings of, I think her name is Annalise Michelle, uh, yeah. you know, being exercised and he- hearing her demon voice. Oh my God. It's <laughs> terrifying. That is. I am in a very dimly lit room right now all by myself, <laughs> and I'm getting very spooked. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, what we're here for. I'm doing that's it to what myself. we do. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely The Exorcist. Um, my second one, and I think the movie that probably messed me up kind of the most, was the Poughkeepsie Tapes. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I The first time I saw it, the way that they did it was just very believable. And, mm. you know, it was like, okay, this could very well be real. Am I actually watching this happen? Yeah. It, yeah, it was very, very influential. And then the one that is just my comfort horror movie franchise is saw it was the first yeah it was my first like exposure to i feel like special effects and just Mm -hmm. i seeing how effects could make awful terrible things happen and i was like this is so cool and it's actually (laughs) what got me into special effects makeup so you know that's awesome so i i am sort of obsessed with the whole story behind saw uh, I think the first two movies are awesome. They both rock. The first one, especially, is so yes. good. Um, and I don't want to get too nerdy on you guys, but I've listened to a Do lot it. of interviews and podcasts <laughs> from uh, Lee Winnell and Warren. What's the other guy's name? I completely forgot. Is it James Wan? James Wan. Yes. Yeah. And that, they're like you know film students in Australia, and they had this really good idea for a horror movie called Saw. And they were in like, you know, 23, 24. And so they pitched it to everybody. And no one, of course, would is going to give them money for this. And so what they did was they raised up just enough money to film a proof of concept, which made it into the actual movie. Um, what, what they wanted to do was they wanted to do the scene where Lee Winnell's character, I don't remember his name in the movie, can you guys refresh my memory? Um, hang on, I'm terrible with names. So they, they wanted to do the one where he like walked into the house and like flashing the camera to see, um, but they're like, that's not going to be effective enough. That's not going to sell the idea of this movie. So what they did was they brought in 
um, the horror actress. What is her name? Oren. I can't remember her name, but she was in The Blob. Shawnee Smith. Uh, yeah, I think that's is that her name. Yeah. So they brought in yeah. Shawnee Smith and they did the bear trap scene. And mm-hmm. so they filmed all of that in its entirety. And it's so messed up, you know. But yeah. they, they knocked on everybody's door for years and got anybody who could watch it to watch it. And it had a big name, Shawnee Smith, who, you know, was big in horror. And it had a really cool concept as far as, like, I don't know how interesting it was. And, uh, yeah, they just knocked on everybody's door and, like, we need we want everybody to watch us as much as possible. So you might fund this movie. And it, eventually it did. And then it became this giant franchise, um, which they sold the rights to it early on, I think after like the second movie. So they weren't involved in it anymore, but you know, it turned into this whole thing and the rest is history. And they're like, you know, two famous filmmakers now. It was really cool. Really inspiring as, yeah. you know, as an indie filmmaker, I think it's freaking <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. Um, Lee Wanell's character is named Adam, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> I was like, I have to look this up because I know it. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I definitely think that we should talk about more spooky movies on maybe a future episode. I think that would be really fun. Um, okay, that's yeah. my favorite. It's pretty much all I consume. So I think that we should absolutely do that. Cool. But. Now, I think we should switch into the real reason that we're here, the creepy things. And I would like to know if either of you have ever had any paranormal experiences. And if so, if you're comfortable with sharing what they were. Uh, Carrie, if you want to go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm I'm real uh, good buds with paranormal experiences. (laughs) Um, I, I, I don't know. Mine mostly come... And like sleep paralysis, so I wouldn't. I don't know, like if you'd su- consider it like super supernatural or you know whatever. Um, yeah, I think so. But yeah, I mean, my whole family's really superstitious and really spiritual, and we grew up hearing folk tales and you know things to do what what not to do as as natives, and I think it really just kind of. Um, made us respect uh, the spiritual world a whole lot more. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've had a handful of uh, paranormal experiences and we've told them on our podcast, suspend disbelief. If you guys want to go check them out, but I do have some scary stories that I did have planned for this episode. If you guys want to hear those. Absolutely. Okay. Well, cool. Um, So what we're going to, what we had planned on talking about tonight is this Native American mythical legend called the Deer Woman. Have you guys heard of her? Yes. I Tell me all have. about her. Okay. So what do you guys know about her? Not a lot. So Not the, a lot. Yeah. my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's akin to, um, I don't know if saying this word is frowned upon, so I'm going to say a flesh pedestrian for some, <laughs> some synonyms. But um, that's my understanding is that it is kind of adjacent to that. So, yeah, that sounds, you know, about right. It's it's basically like my tribe's boogeyman, basically. Okay. And a lot of tribes, like, it's, yeah. uh, you know, the, the creature we tell scary stories about and don't go too deep into the woods. Don't talk about yeah. her. It's essentially like uh, if you're hanging around the, fi- around the fire, like, don't go out into the woods or leave the light of the fire because you'll get got. So Okay. <laughs> don't yeah, get got. by the deer woman. 
So Oren, yeah. Oren uh, has an article he's going to quickly read through, and then I'll tell uh, some stories that I heard uh, growing up. Okay, perfect. Sweet. All right. Deer woman can trace her origins to many of the eastern woodlands and central plains tribes that come to that came to Oklahoma. Although her legend extends even into the Pacific Northwest and traditional cosmology, she is a type of supernatural being distinct from spirits or gods. Among the Cherokee, these beings are called Nune, the people who live anywhere or I don't speak Cherokee, but I'm going to guess. Ani Unuit Sansui, literally little men. Their function is similar to that of European fairies and turns both helpful and devious, but usually their ire serves as punishment for the violation of cultural taboos. There are many variations of her story, describing her as everything from Nunehe to witch or normal human originally. In her more beneficent or beneficent aspect, she is associated with fertility and love but when crossed has quite a dark side. While the Jersey Devil delights in mischievous chaos and the Mothman serves as an omen or tr- of tragedy, Dear Roman operates much more directly, literally, with a vengeance. Most commonly, unfortunately, she is depicted as the mortal victim of a sexual assault, her body being found in the woods next to a sleeping fawn who lay down beside her so that she would not die alone. And just a side note, um, there's a really good book kind of having to do with a Deer Woman story called, uh, is it The Only Good Indians? Yes, that's what it's called, by by Stephen Graham Jones. Yes, that's a really good book. Um, Highly recommend. I will add my list. Since her attackers went unpunished, the gods, or Ninahe, or sometimes even the deer themselves, grant her wish for justice whereby she is reborn as a half-woman, half-deer. In this guise, she lured her former tormentors out to the woods, unaware of her true nature. When they noticed too late that she had hooves instead of feet, she trampled into death. Afterwards, she lived on, continuing to punish those who would prey on feminine innocence. According to Ojibwe tradition, she can be banished through tobacco and chant, but in most tales, the only way to save oneself from deer woman is to look at her feet. See her hooves and recognize her for what she is before she gets you alone. The legend is meant to show that attraction does not does not a proper pairing make and that men ignore or usurp the power of women at their own peril. To recognize the truth, the story conceals is to save oneself from misfortune. To ignore the moral is to proceed inexorably into the death dance of dear one with dear one. Yo, man, that got wow. me the chills just hearing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I definitely want to read that book, but that is so spooky. Yeah, the book is fiction, but it it okay. feels like very like real. Like it's kind of how yeah. we grew up and um, how we kind of imagined her. I don't know, uh, as like a you know, as an actor, real spirit. You know, it's real mm-hmm. spooky, and there's a lot of revenge that happens in that book. So it's there's some brutal kills, and it's like oof. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the book is really good. Um, so the Deer Woman, this is, uh, yeah, this is a story that we heard a lot growing up around the campfires. Um, it's the one that that gives us and makes us like kind of look behind us every every time we're in the dark, you know, because like you, the last thing you want to see is is a woman kind of like you know dressed with a with a shawl sometimes over her head 
sometimes she looks like an old woman sometimes she looks like a young beautiful woman or whatever trying to lure you into uh, the woods or something like that and then you look down and you see her feet sometimes she has and she has hooves instead of you know human feet um which is just like so just horrifying to even think about mm-hmm. so yeah we heard a lot of deer women's deer woman stories growing up and the one that i'll start off with is one from my grandfather and i never got to meet my grandfather my dad's dad he died in uh, the 80s and i was born in 91 um mm-hmm. but here he was a good guy and he was very honest um he grew up Christian. So in, in, in the mid 1900s, if, uh, you know, you're a native, you pretty much had to like force yourself to stop speaking your native language and basically speak English. And because, you know, the, the wider you could be, the better life that you could have. So he grew up more on the Christian side and didn't so much grow up around our own culture, which is really sad because that's how a lot of native culture has died out because completely whitewashed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that's my family basically. And I'm fortunate now that, um, my dad has really encouraged me and my brothers and even his brothers to dig more into our, our culture's beliefs and religion and traditions and stuff like that. So we're dancing at powwows and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's yes, awesome. exactly. But of course, you know, you still hear these stories about, you know, deer woman and, and owls and little people. These are a couple other things that we're not going to get into tonight. Um, but the deer woman for sure is the one thing that like you never even want to talk about because that's how like taboo it is. Wow. But, and he was at what's called a 49 when he was in his early 20s. A 49 is basically a, a secret powwow that would and back in like the, the 40s and the 50s um it was illegal to have powwows they were outlawed by the u.s government because of course they wanted to erase all of our our culture so we'd have to do it in secret um so they were having a secret 49 and they would just like kind of like um word of mouth like hey there's gonna be a 49 this weekend it's gonna be out on this this plot of land tell everybody let's show up we'll dance and what they would do is they would park their cars in a big circle and they would have all of their headlights on and they would have the drum circle in the middle and then everybody else would kind of dress up either in their um their their formal regalia or just in their street clothes because you know you didn't not everybody had regalia Um, and they would just go out there they dance and they have a good time this was a young person's powwow and so they'd be out there and they'd be drinking, they'd be partying and they'd be dancing and the drums going hard and they're dancing. And my, my grandfather is out there having a good time. And then slowly, like he sees, you know, one by one cars pulling away and it's like, it's okay. We can still see there's enough cars around. And so they're dancing and they're dancing and then um, more and more cars start leaving. And he's like, okay, not a big deal. My friends are still here. We're going to keep dancing. And then they're dancing and they hear and somebody says, look at her feet. And he's like, what? Oof. And then someone else says, she has hooves. No. And more and more cars just keep going. It seems like everybody was like, I'm going to leave everyone else out there and I'm going to just save my own skin. <laughs> and so this, <laughs> the cars start driving away and my, 
and my grandfather who didn't drive had to hitch a ride with somebody. And so he was one of the last people. And so as um, everybody sort of realized that dear woman was dancing among them in a powwow with a big shawl on, um, he hops in the back of a pickup truck and it was one of the last cars to leave. And he sees her out in the middle of the dance floor of this, this field, it's just a field. And she's just dancing by herself and they just start to drive away. And then she stops and looks at them and then runs off into the woods. What? Yeah. Wow. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's horrifying. Uh, and so one of the things that she's known for is that she is known to seduce men at powwows, especially at powwows at night. Cause a lot of powwows, they're like a weekend long thing. And so they'll have like three dances throughout the day, like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then there's a supper break. And then they have one that goes late into the night, sometimes close to like midnight. And um, like, you know, there are going to be lights on the powwow grounds and then it'll get dark going out, obviously, into the woods and stuff like that. And so she's known for luring uh, men with her beauty, kind of like a siren, into the woods and basically killing them by stomping on their intestines until they die. Yeah. Okay. It's super brutal. <laughs> yes. Yikes. Yes, exactly. But from what I hear is that she's such a vengeful spirit that she doesn't just target men, um, but she can also like target just like women or anybody who's just like, you know, a sinful person, mm. which is super horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, that's basically it for that story. And my, my grandfather told that to my dad. And the way my dad explained it, he said, your grandfather, the son, your grandfather was, was, was a man of many things, but he was not a liar. He would never tell a lie. And when he told me this story in reverence, I, I had no other option than believe every, every word that he said. Why would he lie to me about this? Mm. Yeah. So super spooky. The most spooky. Yeah. I think the Roman is like super real. Um, and I think, I think that she's, you know, not a flesh and spirit or anything like that. I think that she's not a flesh being. I think that she is a spirit and she, and she's known and for so many tribes across the United States and even mm-hmm. like in, you know, South America and stuff like that there are stories very similar to our dear woman. But I think that, yeah, she's a spirit and who knows the actual origin, who knows where it actually happened. But I think that, yeah, she's a spirit that um, is very real and that has to be like prayed against. And you have to like really respect that spirit and um, yeah, be just watch out for it and be careful. So Yeah. You know, like every version of that story or every version like tied to it, dear woman, it's, you know, when you grow up hearing stories, you're like scared of her because she's a monster. And then as you get older and you realize that she's kind of like a tragic figure and like um, it's more about, you know, a parable or a allegory for respect women and treat women right. And like, cause like, I don't know. And a lot of native cultures and native tribes, but like my tribe for sure, it's very like matriarchal. Like we really respect, you know, mothers, grandmas and all that. So like, I think Love dear that. woman is more, 
Dear one was more of like a just you know do good by women and don't hurt or you know and the fact of dear woman she lures like lustful men in the woods so like if you you know sleeping around cheating around then you're gonna get got by dear woman yeah so. good <laughs> yeah Dude. uh but this is not just like a folk tale i mean in ponca city it's a it's a very native american heavy population up there those ponkas at their powwows they literally check the feet of women when they're walking into the powwow grounds to make sure that oh, she's wow. not trying to sneak in and they do have stories there are a lot of sightings up there dear woman uh, one specifically that i heard a couple of years ago is that she was at a powwow and she was just dancing in in with everybody and then one way to kind of um kind of shoo her get her out of there is to call her out but as a group and so if you call her out like say you know she has no feet look at her feet and call her out like your dear woman then she has no other option than to run away hmm. and so that that exact same thing happened in ponca city and she took she took off and literally like leapt over like a 10-foot wall and everybody saw it oh my god yeah <laughs> Yeah, very, okay. very spooky. So she looks like a like a normal woman except for her feet? From from what I gather. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think that that's going to – I don't think that she has like one set, um, yeah. you know, like look per, per se. I think that she just kind of can look however she wants when, when whatever setting that she's in. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because I, I think that she's a spirit, and I think that she she wants to blend in as much as possible. But one way to for sure tell her is to look at her feet. Okay. Yeah. So that's spooky. Uh, the next story that I have is from my from my dad's aunt, and we don't say like great aunt or great uncle or anything like that in Kiowa, um, or or and I'm pretty sure your tribe's probably the same way. But we just you know it's grand yeah. grandpa. It's, as grandma. So this is my grandma LaVon and grandma Carol's story. Um, and they're my dad's aunts. And in the 1960s, I believe, um, they were driving along this haunted highway in, between Carnegie and Lawton. This haunted highway is called locally known as the Gap because it's... See, the, we gotta go. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a gap between the, the, the two towns and it's literally the only way through. But if you wanted to avoid this haunted highway, it would take you an hour round trip or hour trip just out of the way just to get to Lawton, which is like the main big city around the area to go and you know get supplies and get stuff that you need, go shopping or whatever. And they say that the local legend is don't drive on the gap at mid or don't drive at the gap on the gap at night, especially past midnight. Because if you do and you look in your rearview mirror, there's going to be somebody in your back seat. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Horrifying. But there's maybe, also, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Maybe we don't go there. I don't want to be in the car. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> there's also like a saying in my tribe, and that, that saying is don't look back. And what that basically means is that if you if you hear something, if you sense something, especially supernatural, if you acknowledge it, then that's when it knows it has your attention. Yeah, yeah. So if you if if you just don't even give it the time of the day, 
you drive straight through, then it's not going to bother you. So that's what basically what don't look back means. That's so, yes. And back in the, uh, and, and then back in the 60s, uh, Grandma Carol and Grandma Levon, and they, you know, they were, they were young girls, probably in their early 20s, and they were driving back from Lawton all the way home in the country in the middle of the night. And again, we grew up, my family, they grew up Christian. And so there's a lot of stories and stuff that got lost in translation that just didn't get told because we wanted to forget our history so we can blend in. And so they're driving along the gap past midnight and it was super late, super dark. And then they see this helpless old woman hitchhiking on the side of the highway. Oh and they, and they both feel this, this need to help her out. Mm -hmm. And so they both look at each other and, and they're like, should we help her? And no, I don't, you shouldn't grandma. And, <laughs> and I remember and one of them had a, had a bad feeling. So like, we should just keep going. And the one driving is like, no, 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 we have to help her. And so they, they go ahead and pull over. And this old lady with a big shawl on walks up to the car and they're like, you can go ahead and sit into the back. But it was like a two seater. And so they had to like lean the seat forward and like let her get into the back. And so they, they let her get into the back of the car and it's super cold outside and they start driving and they both feel this like horrible feeling like we did something really we bad. <laughs> and uh, the one driving was like, Carol, did you see her feet? She didn't, have, oh, no. she didn't, she didn't have feet. Oh no. Nope. And they were too afraid to look back or even acknowledge it. And so they, they just drove and this is a highway that doesn't have any turns. It's just one straight highway. It doesn't have any roads that go off anywhere. It's just a 20 mile highway that just has nothing. And so they, they just pull over on the side of the highway, just a couple minutes down the road from where they were. And they say, uh, this is as far as we can go. This is as far as we can take you, which like, you know, that's a lie. They can obviously just keep driving. And so the woman in the back seat doesn't say anything. She just uh, just takes her stuff and gets out and and stands on the highway and they start driving away. You know, like drive faster, drive faster. And they look in their rear view mirror. And she's not in the back seat. She's running along the side of the car. No. No. No, no, no. <laughs> I just oh and, the, and they hear this. Uh-uh. On the mm -hmm. window next to the car, and they're and they're speeding. They're getting more and more speed. They're 40, 50 miles per hour. They don't look until they do. And they look, and there's an old woman's face right no. next to the to the passenger window running alongside the car. Uh. Oh Full body God. chills right now. I am so sick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't bump. <laughs> yep. Oh. And that's that story. That was their experience with the dear woman. Well, I hope to God that I never come in contact with the dear woman. <laughs> yeah, B, me I just too. want to make it known that we will never, ever pick up a hitchhiker. Hi hitchhiker. <laughs> I'm so scared I can't even talk. Yeah. Um, never once. She's okay. the reason why I don't pick up hitchhikers either. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hitchhikers, you're on your own. Yeah. You could be Not dear woman. For assistance. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, I'm going to yeah. be everyone's feet now 
<laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Let me see your feet. <laughs> yeah, dude. And and it's like an ongoing joke too. Like if you're at like a bonfire or something like that and there are a bunch of people you don't know, like before you hook up with a girl, look at her feet. Before you like talk <laughs> yeah. to that girl, look at her feet. That's good advice. Yeah, dude. Because she can disguise herself as kind of anybody, you know? Yeah. Just she look for her feet. Back- Gotta look at their feet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the dear woman. I've got, you know, I've heard a couple other stories, but those are the two like ones that are in my family that I feel comfortable sharing. So yeah, that's what I got tonight, guys. Thanks well, for listening. Awesome. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, great job. You guys have Thank you. I've got a funny story Ooh, okay. uh, that happened that. to me this weekend. Okay. So, uh, you guys know Jeff Richardson. He yeah, is, yes. uh, he's a local filmmaker. He's one of my buddies. Um, he's our ghost hunts for us sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's, he's a rad dude. Yeah. And that's how I got connected with you guys through Jeff. Yeah. But he asked me Thank to pick you, up a, a, a Ouija board <laughs> from our, our, uh, mutual friend Dylan because he was going to use it in a magic show seance this weekend. Yes. 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 And so I picked it up from Dylan's house and I, I'll be honest, I don't feel comfortable around Ouija boards. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And I sort of regretted it. I was like, crap, what am I doing? So I didn't bring it in my house. I do have a detached garage where basically I do all of my creative stuff. I'm in here right now. And um, I bring I bring the Honda stuff in here. I don't bring it into my house. Um, so it's been in my detached garage studio for a couple of days. And so I drove it down to Shawnee yesterday for his magic show. And it was a good time. We had a good time. Um, we did a little seance that was really spooky. I just witnessed it. I was not a part of it. But I was glad that I was able to watch it. I still feel a little spooked out even being involved with it. Either way, it was a good time. So on my way back last night, around midnight, I'm driving along I-40. And it's very dark outside. And I'm listening to this podcast and I've got this Ouija board in the front seat with me. And I just have this like weird feeling. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Everything <laughs> How I did grew... I get here? <laughs> How did I get here? Everything <laughs> I grew up like hearing, I am just throwing it out the window right now. Because I've got a Ouija board in my front seat. And I'm listening to this podcast. And I hear a knocking on my window. No. I go in like 70 on the highway. I'm like, oh my God. What was that? <laughs> and so I like, I stopped the video and I like, and I do the thing you're not supposed to. And I'm like, I'm looking all around. I'm like, okay, it's not the deer woman. I, I think we're good. And then I like rewind my podcast because, you know, I wanted to hear what I miss. And it was somebody knocking in the podcast and <laughs> just like didn't even acknowledge it. I was like, that just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> You're so, like, I just priced it on the highway. Yeah, I almost just drove off the highway. <laughs> so that's my funny story. Uh, I think the Ouija board that I have is more decorative than anything. I don't know if it's ever been used, but it's cool. You know, it looks cool at least. Yeah, no yeah. thanks. No. <laughs> Yeah. Your your detached garage is just a conflux for haunted stuff. It's yeah, a spooky spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have those haunted dolls, and now you have a Ouija board in there. Yeah, we have ghost hunt in your in your detached garage. Yeah, you might. <laughs> oh yeah, that's one. Uh, 
spooky thing that Warren and I did is that we had a spirit box session with three haunted dolls, potentially haunted dolls. Oh, I, I listened to that episode. episode. It was very cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks. Uh, all really like spooky old dolls. And then the head moves on one of the dolls towards the end. And it could have been one of us mm-hmm. knocking to the table, but the head definitely moved. And it is definitely spooky. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sorry for my investigative style. I already got griped out by my fiance for <laughs> interrogating the spirits. So, <laughs> well, I would love to. Do you still have your haunted dolls? Heck no, <laughs> not a chance. I got rid of those as soon as I could. That's they funny. went back home where they're supposed to go. <laughs> but we. So... But, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nope, you go you go ahead. Okay, sorry. I'll I'll shut up here in just a minute. But we did have Oren's fiance who is a medium, a psychic medium. Oh, she we wanted need to meet her. She wanted to talk to the dolls. She'd be down. She wanted to speak to the dolls, so I don't know. She could I, I don't know. Why did she want to talk to the dolls, Oren? So she could just so she could understand get a feel like for him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Get a feel for him, understand what kind of spirit it is, if it's you know benevolent or you know, possibly evil or, you know, just, you know, fill them out, try yeah. to get their story. Yeah. And she had a one heck of a time talking to one of these dolls and she was very overwhelmed by the energy that it was giving off. Wow. And um, she has this whole story about how this little girl was what she was like 12 or something like that. Right. One mm-hmm. who was drowned. Yeah in in a in a pond or something like that and her grandfather was involved like it was i don't know exactly but her spirit was mm-hmm. attached to one of those dolls and she was speaking to that spirit and we had dowsing rods and everything and it was yeah i don't know yeah it was very I, spooky. i'm not i'm not a super i'm i'll admit i'm a skeptic but we were you know using the dowsing rods and like they would work for carrie they would work for my fiance and they would work for uh, Carrie's wife, Sarah. But whenever I would use them, like nothing would happen. Like uh. they wouldn't move at all. So I was like, okay, nope. there's, yeah. So like, there's something to this. If I'm like, not like giving the, you know, putting out the energy it requires or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. It was, it was very interesting. Well, I guess my question would be, would you all ever be interested in going on an investigation with us? Yeah. Absolutely, ten thousand percent. Let's do it. Let's go. Did you yeah. guys already go to the Goatman's Bridge yet, or no? Nice. No, we had to reschedule that. Gotcha. That would you be a fun one when we go. Right on. That sounds like a blast. We have a lot of like native locations that we we really want to go and investigate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watch, you know, a lot of ghost hunting shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel pretty confident that i i know the the way to speak to them to try to get responses out of them so i'm really excited to get out there and try to communicate but also just so scared as well (laughs) (laughs) completely understandable we will keep safe i promise it's going to be so much fun cool that's exciting and yeah we definitely got to do it perfect before we end i did have two questions for you but um, I decided to throw a little twist in there and these are going to be more s- silly than spooky. Okay. Um, but I thought it would be fun to end on a light note for sure. 
You guys had to choose between Morgan Freeman and Samuel L. Jackson to narrate your life. Who would you choose? I'll go Samuel L. Jackson. Morgan Freeman, for sure. (laughs) He's got that golden voice. Yeah, he's got a great voice. I feel like maybe Morgan Freeman for like the younger years and then, you know, like teenage years and beyond, I need... Samuel L. Jackson. I say fuck a lot. Yeah, yeah I just have some F-bombs thrown in like every once in a while. <laughs> yes. Awesome. My answer would be that as well. I definitely am going with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, if Dolly Parton and Reva McIntyre got into a fight, who do you think would win? Reva. 100%. Reva. 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 No, you guys are wrong. It's Dolly what? Parton. It Reva. Dolly Parton. You, she was in Tremors, dude. I do not yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that means nothing, dude. She's a single mom who works too hard and loves her kids and never stops. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, she has gentle hands in the heart of a fighter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Reba. Yeah. All right. Plus, fine. she's from Oklahoma. So. That's yeah. Fine. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, Reba. <laughs> You know what? She's not going to let us down. This is her one chance. <laughs> she, she would never. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Fantastic. I'm so glad that you guys decided to come on the podcast with us. You have been the most fun guests, and I cannot oh, wait. To thank you. Back. Thanks so, for being yeah, patient for with us. Uh, we have busy schedules, so yeah. I'm glad you guys were able to stay up until 10 p.m. I know. Oh, it's yeah. past my bedtime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you're enjoying Halloween. We hope that it's so spooky and so much fun and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. Thanks for having us. It was a blast. Later. Thanks, guys. Thanks for wearing your brown pants. (laughs) (laughs) Be sure to go check out the Skullcrawlers podcast. We will link everything below and we will see you tomorrow. Stay spooky. Thank you, guys. Bye.